All right. Uh, welcome to Midweek in the City. Um, and I'm going to read a passage of Scripture as we get started here. I'm so glad all of you are here on this kind of blustery um, night, but uh, it's just awesome. It seems like it's like mid, um, but we have the warmth of friendships inside of this room. Anyway, uh, okay. Um, here's something from Ecclesiastes chapter four, okay? And, and here are these words. <clears throat> I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil, yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This, too, is meaningless. A miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? <clears throat> the one may be overpowered. Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. This is the word of the Lord. I will say this. Often we hear this read at marriage ceremonies, but there's no reason to say, to think that even, how can, you know, we, we hear, uh, how can one lie down together, they can keep warm. We don't think this way in Western culture, but um, people, uh, especially traveling, and, and they would stop over in, in different inns uh, along the way, and they would often share a bed. That just kind of repulses us today, that idea with a stranger. But this is how things were. Even in this country, up until the early part of the 20th century or so, we like our privacy, though, and I understand that, and that's probably a good thing. I would not want to stay in an inn like that. I really wouldn't. Um, but uh, this is not. This is talking about togetherness and community and friendship, <clears throat> and and I think we need to remember that kind of thing. And so um, we are going to be delving into this idea of um, aloneness um, tonight and what it takes to to climb out of that. So uh, you'll hear more about that later, but let me pray first of all right now. Lord, it is so good to be together. It really is. Most of the people in this world um, are all alone. And Lord, here we are in this room together. We may feel alone on the inside, but I pray that the proximity of one another will help us to overcome that uh, slowly over time. Do not have to live alone, but we can live in friendship and fellowship with one another. Uh, will you help us to be more curious about you when we leave here than when we came? In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And um, and now I just want us to uh, know that next week we're going to start a three-part series on <clears throat> money, sex, and power. Money, sex, and power. Now, um, I had planned to do it in that order, um, money, sex, and power. And by the way, um, those of you who've been a part of this, um, of this fellowship for a while know that when we talk about sex in, as single adults, um, this is not a, the, the extent of the, the message sometimes 
you, you may be expecting is sex. You're single, don't do it. Um, that's not wh what we're going to uh, talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about the fact that we are sexual, we have sexual dimensions to our lives. What does that mean? What does that, what does, what does acknowledging and addressing and being honest about uh, the sexual dimension of your person as, as a single person, as a married person, as you know, we all have that dimension as a part of our lives. So um, we're going to be talking about how those things form us, money, sex, and power, form us, shape us, and um, inform how we view the world and how we view one another. Okay. Um, next week, I am hoping there's, it turns out that there may be a problem with doing them in that order, but we were, I was hoping to start the deal on money. We're going to have a, a guest who will, we're going to begin to do more and more of our regular rhythm of having a guest each week uh, who will um, sit for an interview and then, um, but there's some doubt as to whether this guest uh, can make it now. So I'm, I've got to uh, figure out um, that, but at any rate, those are the three, um, topics that we will be covering, money, sex, and power. And if we do money next week, uh, it'll be, uh, you know, what you already thought you knew about money. And you, you think, well, why, why, why would anybody be a part of something which is talking about what I already thought I knew? Because it's what you already thought you knew. There is going to be some uh, new perspective on that. I, I can promise you that. Um, but tonight, uh, we're going to be talking about where do you find a safe place to be weak? Where? Um, where do you find a safe place to be weak? Um, weakness, what weakness is. We're not going to assume that everybody understands what weakness is. Um, even me. Uh, I mean, when I say that, please don't hear me saying, I'm going to tell you what weakness is, and that's going to be the proper definition. I'm going to add my working definition to it, but I want us to, uh, to get on the same page so that we can have something to talk about along those lines. Where can you find a place to be weak? I don't know if you've ever thought about that question. Why would that even be important? Um, we will, we will find out. Um, but first... Uh, before we continue, I, I want you to talk about these two questions. Do you have a weakness that no one else you know of has? Okay. Now, I'm not asking you to say what that weakness is. But I just want you to talk about that. Um, do you have a weakness that no one else you know of has? And then what would happen if your weaknesses were known? And you can shape and morph these questions any way you want, but these are guidelines. But uh, what would happen if your weaknesses were known and do you have a weakness that no one else you know of has? Um, tonight, uh, of, of real, pretty much strangers, and... Um, the question of uh, something that we don't like about ourselves came up, and um, and I named something that I didn't like about myself, and I realized that that is a 
what I named was a was a weakness, um, and I I don't like to think about it. Um, you know, usually you hear um, it's easy to think about things that you don't like about yourself, but it's harder to think about things you like about yourself. I'm going to push back, and I understand that, but I'm going to push back just a little bit. Sometimes, and this was the case for me last night, because uh, somebody asked, was it harder to think of something you liked about yourself or something you didn't like? And I said, it was harder for me to think of something I don't like. But the reason is, not because, not because of what that sounds, that may sound like, um, you know, narcissistic or braggadocious or whatever. It's because... I realized I don't like to think about things that I don't like about me. And for some reason, last night it was very painful to scroll through my mind to find some wretched no is there uh, that um, I didn't, you know, I was not happy about. Um, but uh, that aside, talk about these questions at your table and then we will come back and we will talk about the happy and life-giving topic of weakness when we return.
runaround days become the same. Let's saddle up and ride the rain. Never stop listening. You'll miss the sound of the wind. Everyone's voice is different. Glass eyes are useless for looking in. Okay, everybody. Uh, let's uh, let's leave it right there as far as the the table conversation goes. Talk about 
let's talk about this concept of, of weakness. Um, how do you how do you define weakness? I mean, what is that concept in your in your head? And by the way, actually, before we start, let me just give this little explanation for what in the world. Sorry, um, what in the world we were doing with this art gallery next door here in the next room? We're going to be starting a, a study in the book of Daniel uh, as a church uh, on Sunday mornings and during the you know ser- Sunday school and the sermons and all that, and that's going to happen um, March, April, May. Uh, that's the three month study of the book of Daniel, and <clears throat> so Chris Johnson. Aaron Hufty uh, and I um, are, well, we do a, a video blog or a vlog, if you like, um, each Monday um, that's available on YouTube or on the, um, you can get it in your email or on the church website or whatever. I don't know exactly how you access that, but I mean, it's, I know it's available on YouTube. But anyway, um, and we do a, a commentary on that week's scripture, but uh, as we start the book of Daniel, uh, the blog is about six or eight minutes in length. This is going to be a, a half-hour video blog special, and um, lots of guest stars. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, we uh, actually we do have some guest stars, but they're not humans. Um, we're we're we are immersing ourselves. We have immersed ourselves in the in some passages of the book of Daniel. Uh, one being uh, lions, you know, you have Daniel in the lion's den um, and just some other uh, kinds of things. Uh, eating uh, eating vegetables uh, and water for 10 days, uh, we did that. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and so just a lot of these kinds of things. One of the things that we did was we, we reinterpreted in our own minds, some of the visions. There, the book of Daniel, the latter half of the book of Daniel is full of these dreams and visions that Daniel had, and they're very mysterious, and some of them are quite, um, quite uh, sort of exotic, uh, bizarre visions, you know, weird animals and that kind of thing. And, and so we each took a passage from... Um, one of the things we did was we each took a passage of one of these visions and uh, in different chapters, and we each, the three of us, took an art lesson, and then we did three interpretations, uh, respectively, of the different visions that we had chosen. And that's the fine art that you see next door. We've had all kinds of uh, voting on that. The, the choir, I think, voted tonight on this traveling art piece, art exhibit. Chris Johnson was was uh, the curator, and he was taking this around to different locations, and the choir saw it. We saw it. I think one of the larger, uh, the pastor's class on Sunday morning is going to see it. And so, uh, you don't know who did, you know, you don't know which one's Aaron's, you don't know which one's mine, you don't know which one's Chris's. And I'm not going to tell you, but uh, you had the opportunity to vote and um, we've had a lot, you also had the opportunity to do some commentary there. And so all that's going to be a part of the, this, this uh, 
video blog special. So we do have guest stars that are human beings. If you uh, if you were on that, you you did uh, your role as a guest star. We had a, a red some redneck commentary uh, on that tonight, uh, thanks to uh, a red a very accomplished redneck actor who's actually not from this part of the country, but uh, he did his best. And we've had just various other input. So that's what that was all about. That's coming up on, well, I don't know when it's going to actually be posted. I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe March 2nd. Okay. David says maybe March 2nd. Um, so it's a 30-minute video blog special, and I know you'll tune in. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So, okay. So it might be March 2nd. Um, okay, anyway. So, now here we are in here talking about, again, this joy-filled and life-giving concept of weakness. Okay? So, weakness as a concept. What is it? How do you define weakness? Okay? I remember I saw a SpongeBob cartoon one time where he bought these pump up, you know, air pump up uh, biceps, you know, and he was still quite weak even when he had those, uh, he was wearing those little puffy things. Uh, we're talking about that kind of weakness. You know, what what comes to your mind when you think about weakness? Any, any takers here? I've got a working definition of it that I'm going to lay on you here, um, but, you know, I'd like to hear from you. A psych more about that. Well, we're talking about weakness in any capacity, really. I mean, what? Uh, the inability within ourselves, what? Pertaining to a certain feature. Okay. All right. So a psychological disability. All right. Anybody else? The, the absence of strength. Okay. Absence of strength. Yes, sir. How so? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, we get the, we get the point. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know that. 
we we try you know kind of uh, formulas I think sometimes and those fall about as flat as you know that did and so uh, what so what what is wh talk to me somebody else weakness. Uh, kind of like metal fatigue, you know, in a piece of metal when it, yeah. Yeah. Y'all are, I mean, absence of strength, uh, weakness of mind, uh, just the threat of being broken. Um, y'all are any, any other thought here? Uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There and that's a, the dimension of vulnerability is there too. Laura? Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Very interesting. Okay. We're going to touch on that too. We're going to come back to that very thing. Um, I love how you think. I love how y'all dig into this and think. And um, you, it's like if they would sit in on this group. I mean, really, y'all, y'all are y'all so far surpass. You know, you, you surpass that so so far and so high. It's awesome. Um, let me frame this up for you here. Um, from what Paul said, and 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 this will take your comments, and it will um, really even set them off in a in more um, glowing colors. I think Paul said in Second Corinthians ten twelve ten Second Corinthians twelve ten when and you you've heard this many times when I am weak, what I am strong. When I am weak. I am strong. <clears throat> now, first of all, before I give my own little working definition here, and the more I heard from y'all, the more my working definition needs to be put off just a little bit more because y'all's is really, y'all's are really good. Um, <clears throat> what do you hear Paul saying there? What are the, I, I want you to sort of take that, that complex layer cake there that he gives. When I'm weak, then I am strong. That's eight words. When I am weak, then I... I think that it's brilliant, um, but why would any... You know, why do I think that? Why is it brilliant? And what is he saying in that, that eight-word phrase? What is he saying? Laura? 
Okay, let me turn that sideways just a little bit. Are you saying that it shows that Paul has this dimension of humility in himself? Okay. Okay. All right. What else? What what is what's present in that eight word phrase? When I am weak, then I am strong. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Y'all are, man, do y'all offer classes in this? Um, I need to sit in. That's right. In, it's in that passage. It's later on in that, or earlier. Can't remember. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and and y'all are y'all are really up close to a, a, another reality that's lurking there in that eight-word phrase. Yes. Okay. Yes. In your weakness, you are accepted, and that is strength. Good. Uh, accepted by whom? Only? And then whom? Okay. So there is a, there is a more than just you component or even more than just a private meeting between you and God. Maybe it is a fellowship reality that is in God, in Christ. Um, that's, that's where all of y'all are really getting up close to, um, is that there is this fellowship reality of this, but also... Weakness is is there. Weakness is present. For you to be aware of it, it's got to be present. It's in you. It is a part of your life and mine. Weakness is there. Um, it is not something that comes into your life, it's there. It's not imported. It's not imported. These are imported weaknesses, you see. No. This is, these are fine imported weaknesses. No, it's, 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 it's in you. Now, that doesn't sound very pleasant. It was a part of your life that does not function as a help to you or others. And, and you really hit the nail more squarely by saying it is um, 
it is a, a lack of strength, uh, or it is the, the um, what did you say? It was the promise or the threat, is a threat of, or, or the possibility of failure or possibility, the potential, yeah, of breakage, yeah, potential of breakage. Um, and so uh, I, I would say, though, that it is not the same as sin. It's almost like um, doubt. Uh, we've talked about doubt before, and we will again because it's such a thing. Um, and and you've heard perhaps uh, you've been in the conversations when, when in which we've talked about the fact that doubt is not bad in and of itself. It's a in fact a place to end up in your life to end. But it's a good place to start because doubt often causes you to investigate more closely and and press forward and to try to dispel uh, your doubts or to get a firmer grasp on what's actually going on. <clears throat> Weakness is the same way in that, and, and by the way, doubt is, is we doubt because we're, we're finite. We don't doubt because we're sinful. We doubt because we're not infinite beings and we don't know everything. We're, we're finite, and so we doubt, and that's where we um, need to grow in faith. That's, that just points out places where our faith can grow, but it's not in and of itself sin. Again, it can become a hardened posture, and then it becomes sin uh, when that's your preferred method of dealing with reality. But doubt in and of itself is a good place to start. <coughs> Weakness, we are, again, we are finite beings, and so we have limits. And especially because we're sinful human beings, or we are human beings that do not have the strength to grasp on to God's person ourselves without help from him uh, weaknesses are in us it's not the same as sin though it arises and develops within a sin environment it, if there were um, if we did not sin we would not be weak in in the same way that we speak of weakness here yes Um, no, it, weakness really uh, arises out of um, a out of an attempt to live a, um, apart from God's training, and so He doesn't put it in us. It it it, it develops when we attempt to live apart from God's training.
I, I'm not. I'm not following, Cat. I, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but I, I will say that that. Oh, Gideon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, we're, again, weakness is not from God. He doesn't place that in us. We are weak. Weakness arises in us when we attempt to live apart from the training of God. When we are not trained by God, we become weak. Okay? Now, again, the weakness itself, yes. Right. That's exactly right. There, there are there are several um, ways to understand weakness, and and w what you're talking about is, and and it could be argued that physical decline is a part of um, the the mortality that has come upon us because of sin. But that's very passive, isn't it? That that's right. It, it does always does, and and I would say that that they they are interrelated. Now, when you talk about strictly, you know, loss of core body strength, or you know that that kind of thing, loss of ability to balance well and stuff, that tends to increase uh, over time. That's a very passive way of thinking about weakness because you're not saying. Well, you know, I've sinned, I've lived another 35 years and sinned that much more, so I've lost this much more core strength, you know. No, it just, it does occurs, you know, just while we're, you know, uh, drawing a breath. So that's a very passive way. It may be connected, but we are talking about a, a, a moral weakness here tonight more than anything, um, but but again, the body and the spirit are closely related. Well, I... Uh, it, it, correct. That's absolutely correct. I, and, and they affect, they, they almost, you could say, they almost directly affect each other. But, but I, <coughs> I'm saying we're not starting there in the body necessarily. But but yes, and and I I'm I'm completely a hundred percent on the same page. I think Laura, you had something. Well, you're correct. And 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 let me let me say, I, when Paul said, "When I'm weak, then I'm strong." He may well have been talking about a bodily weakness that affected his spirit, um, 
a physical ailment or something. You know, some people think he had glaucoma or something like that. Um, and you know, uh, and one of the guests we had at Midweek in the City once was um, a chaplain, Paula Winslow, who talked about how sickness affected the, the spirit and so forth. Completely backtrack there. Uh, let me just completely backpedal and say, absolutely, we're talking 100% about body. We're talking 100% about spirit. We're talking 100% about everything. Our cuticles. I mean, everything. Uh, our cuticles and, you know, our intellectual capacity for reason. Yes, Andrew. Please, I wish you really would, because um, I feel really weak. Uh, yes, Andrew. Then, T-H-E-N, then I am strong. When I'm weak, then at that time, um, I am strong. Good question. Um, now, let me just say this, and, and I'll, I need to move it along here, as always. Um, all sin, all sin involves weakness, but all weakness is not sin. Okay? All sin involves weakness, but all weakness is not sin. Now, uh, we'll come back to that, but what do you do with weakness? Now, I, you may have a, you may be thinking, you know, your own particular weakness or whatever, but and I guess you have to. What do you do with weakness? Um, well, first of all, and, and this is kind of dumb, actually, but I came up with four D's, four words that start with D, and and yes, so does dumb start with D. So uh, it's it's actually five. Um, but you ha you have to we the Bible talks several times about doing an internal inventory, especially in Psalm one thirty nine. It says, you know, search me, O God, and know me. Um, we need to detect weaknesses. We need to be aware of them. Why would we want to be aware of our own weaknesses? Yeah, so we know what the freak is actually happening to us. Yeah, okay. So they, ooh. <laughs> okay. There's, an, there's a little bit of a, of a defense mechanism, which are not always bad. We think of uh, as a defense mechanism. Like, like, you know, you should be in the position of being steamrolled all the time, you know. Defense mechanisms are okay many times. So to avoid being exploited, okay? Why else would we want to strengthen that weak area? <coughs> okay? Yeah. yeah, it's like, that's right. So you can live in reality. Remember, the Bible, the Apple iPad, uh, is a book of... Reality, okay, over and above everything else. It is a book of reality, and it, I mean, so absolutely right. Yes, what? Huh, what? Yes, well, if you're, how do you mean that? 
Because why? And what could happen if you didn't care to manage those weaknesses? Okay. All right. I'm glad you said that because one of the dimensions of being weak and and not addressing it, you know, or not not having an awareness of your weakness terribly. Terrible. You can exploit other people, you see. So detect them. Um, and while we're doing the dumb D list, let's keep on. You can. You, what do you do with weaknesses? Detect them. What do you do with weaknesses? Distract from them. You can, and this is often, we're often aware <coughs> of our weaknesses. And so we do this. We do this. Screen time. That swallows up, what, 78% of our day? Uh, and we don't have to deal with stuff while we're dealing while we're doing this. Um, you know, clearly destructive habits like drinking too much alcohol can also be a distraction. But there are there are many ways that are more subtle than that of distracting from weakness. You change, you know, you just change the subject in your life, or you avoid people. You know, and you don't have to deal with a weakness. Um, so you can distract. And diversion is huge. It's a huge way. It's a huge dimension of our lives. Huge. So you can detect it. You can distract from it. You can dilute it. You can downplay its significance. Oh, that's not that bad. Or you find commonality with other people, or you want other people to experience <coughs> suffering because you don't want to be the only one suffering. Um, you know, you, you want to know other people are just as bad off as you are. And then you can dilute that a little bit more. Well, it's, it happens to everybody, you know, or everybody's kind of in that same boat or, you know, I'm only human, blah, blah, blah. Um, or you can divulge it to speak of it to people, to self-reveal in a way that says, this is part of my life. And I, I want you to know this if you will accept it from me. If you will hear me, I want to tell you this. Um, I think the, you know, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm trying to understand this uh, as, I, as I live, but I think the deepest intimacy that we can possibly attain in this life involves shared understanding of weakness. Um, there's a man who wrote a, a book in the early part of the 19th century in Polish, and it was just translated into English in the 70s. He's a clergyman um, who said that a friend 
one of the one of the ways that, that friends know each other is through their weaknesses. They recognize, a, a, a person will recognize his friend by his weaknesses. And, and he, he's not saying that in a, in a you know, blackmail sort of way. Or He's talking about friendship. And a friend knowing another friend's weakness and understanding that and, and being willing to be near and being willing to um, lend aid and strength uh, in that time of weakness and in that reality of weakness. AA understands this perfectly. Twelve steps are a picture-perfect summary of what the Bible says <clears throat> about weakness. And it's, it's kind of sad that we leave the 12 steps to people who are so obviously in the grip of non-functionality. Um, because we're all in that grip. It's just a little more nuanced. Uh, in fact, the folks who are really in the hardcore uh, center of AA um, are, are the honest ones, and they know um, that shared weakness is the most intimacy that they will ever attain. That's a universal truth. Um, here's what Paul says in um, um, Ephesians. We who are strong... <clears throat> we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up, for even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written through the endurance taught in the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and, and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had, so that with one mind and with one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept one another, then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Now, Paul, long before AA, uh, picked up on the truth in the modern era, and thank God, they did, um, those two men who started AA, because it's benefited all of us. For those who are paying attention, people who will never be alcoholics, we all need to be paying attention <coughs> to those 12 steps, the truths that they embody. But long before that happened, Paul knew that to accept one another in our weakness is to love each other like Christ. And here's what he doesn't say. He doesn't say, Tell each other your weaknesses so that you may work on each other. No. Nope. That's not what he's saying. He's saying the acceptance, and listen, the acceptance. That's the fixing.
we don't know how far that will ever go. Until we're going to, until we decide to take the time to say, this chair is yours always. And I expect to be sitting next to you and near you, my weak sister or brother. Um, accepting is fixing because it's love. And that, that will lead to things that we can't even imagine. There's, we can't even imagine. <clears throat> Shared understanding of weakness cannot be forced without grave consequences. We have to trust and we have to reach that point of trust. But we have to, we ourselves have to work to be the kind of people that. Let me ask you this. Would you tell you your secrets if you encountered you somewhere? I sometimes I think there's I would run from me the way I've treated people's weaknesses and secrets and vulnerabilities. Good word, vulnerability. So where are you in, in that acceptance place? Um, your weakness, and this is the good news, takes on meaning in this life together. It's not just it's not just a data set, you know. Hi, I'm Brian. I don't like mushrooms. You know, uh, it, it's it's not just it's it's a it takes on meaning. It takes on meaning. What if I told you? Ask me. Ask me something. I don't. Oh, Jessica. Um, I I don't. Here's something I don't like about myself. I am. I have a hard time exercising compassion. Now, I admitted that last night in this group of people that I barely knew because we were doing this exercise at, at school um, in, in a class that we just we were doing this thing. And... I'd never, I'd never articulated that. But you know what? That wasn't the weakness I discovered. The more we talked about it, uh, I, when we went further, I said, I think I don't like, and, and I, I said, I mean, the people, some of the people knew that I'm a pastor. Some people didn't, and so we made that clear to those who didn't. And, and it, it's kind of an awkward place to say, I'm a pastor and I 
have a hard time exercising compassion. Because you think, oh, he's a path. It's, and, and, and so I thought, uh, we talked more and I thought, and in fact, I said, um, I can, I can be compassionate when I am, um, when I am discharging my ministerial duties and I am in the zone of being a pastor. It's when, because when I'm doing that, I am, I am doing something on purpose and I am exercising the power to do that. But if I am caught unawares or if, if some, if an agenda is brought to me or if, you know, if I'm doing my, you know, doing something else I want to do, and even if it's ministry work or whatever, and this opportunity for compassion breaks in, and I don't, whoever it may be, a family member, my, one of my kids being sick, or my wife being, somebody coming in off the street, or whatever, if I'm, if I'm employed in an, if I have decided that I am exercising my energies in another way, you're, you are SOL sweetly out of luck. Um, and so that's a problem. Now, uh, What's behind that, though? That's still, I didn't, I discovered that that was still not the weakness. And by the way, this took place in just a short amount of time. And what happened was, I realized as the people were talking and I was conversing with them, that I want to set the agenda. I want to be in control. And compassion is often off the leash. And so my weakness is I'm afraid of losing control in many of life's settings. Um, that's a, that's not, you know, and it, um, it that takes on meaning because in a fellowship of people, if I say that, like I'm saying that to you, and this is real, it's not just, you know, staged, but if I say that, then you say to me, through the course of our life together, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And I learn from you, and I see people who have courage, and I see people who are compassionate and I see people who who have made peace with not being able to control the agenda for everything in their lives and I learn from that and I also learned that 
you don't turn me away and you put up with me. You see, that's part of being in fellowship with one another is that we put up with each other. So the meaning is that there is more life to be lived as you find out about that weakness. What's behind that? It's connected to events in my life. Who am I? It's part of who I am. Again, I didn't just wake up one day and go, gotta choose a weakness, think I'm going to choose being afraid of being out of control. It's part of what has made me. And so if you're going to know me, then you're going to have to know that weakness or I will be forever a black box, a mystery, a puzzle to you and you to me. And, and so it's not just a data set. It's, it's not just, you know, Brian, the uncompassionate pastor, although that has a nice ring to it. Um, it is something much more. It is the key to who I am. And your weakness in the same, exact same way is the key to who you are. The key. Uh, so, and so, so Paul says basically, before he says, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Before that he says, so hooray for weakness. That's basically what he says. He says, Hooray for weakness within the context of the fellowship. I mean, out of outside the fellowship, we're just weak and we'll die. Uh, the weaknesses will overtake us. But he says, that's why for Christ's sake, I delips in persecutions and difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. And it's because we are in, Paul says, we're in the fellowship together. The kind of friendship that lasts, that makes a fellowship, invites weakness into it. Again, church websites drive me crazy. You've heard me say that before because they're all smiley and, you know, hey, we're the cool church, you know, and nobody says we're the weak, we're weak, come be with us, we're weak, we're needy, um, but that's the truth. Um, true friendship invites, true fellowship invites weakness into it not as something to be shamed or eradicated, <laughs> to be fixed, but as a part to love. This is an invitation. <clears throat> My fear of being out of control is something for you to love. Hope you like that. Um, <laughs> love, love is love is we love is what weakness needs. It's what weakness needs. It's in love that we can be strong in our weakness. That's right. And, and I must say that we've got to be very careful because in all through that, we can, and we're going to talk about power, you know, money, sex, and power. And this is one of the ways that we can abuse power. Right. 
but that's exactly where abuse of power can come in. So I'm just saying, it all comes with a, a caveat that we have to be on guard because we can become condescending or we can become manipulative or we can become paternalistic, you know, uh, we, we can become codependent, you know, we can, you know, all these things that, uh, but you're right. It does, it does lower our vulnerability threshold and at its best, we just have to help one another there. Okay. Do, in fact, I will say this, do you love me if you do not love my weaknesses? And this is where I really caution us against saying, Love the sin, hate the, love the sinner, hate the sin. We do, because we don't know enough often to separate the two. We don't know where the sin ends and the person. Some of you have pushed back on that. I get it. I get it. But I just want to caution us there. Okay. If you don't love my weaknesses, can you love me? Um, and vice versa. You know, if I if I if I love you, you know, love you, um, you know, if, if it's that kind of, is that sit with me? I will sit with you, you know. Um, gossiping is not a weakness. Porn use is not a weakness. It's it's an affect. Those kinds of things are affects. They are they are manifestations of something else going on. Weakness is actually much deeper than that. Um, it, it's it's uh, there. There's a root of that. Just like my difficulty with compassion is not the weakness, it's the fear of being out of control that's the weakness. You see? So we, we often stop at the affect, you know, and that's who he becomes. You know, um, there's Jim, he's, he's, a, he's got the story on everybody, you know, and that's who he becomes. We stop there. The affects. You know, she drinks too much. And we say that's the weakness. It is. These are not the weaknesses. They're, they're habits or they're, you know, I mean, but there's something else that is driving that. It's a part of us that's much deeper. And this is why fellowship is difficult um, the, the affect, you know, the drinking too much or the whatever is the workaround. Those, these are workarounds. You have a weakness. My compassion avoidance is a workaround for fear of lack of control. So I just work around that. And affects can be sinful behavior, absolutely. Just because they're not the weaknesses doesn't mean they're not sinful. In fact, weaknesses themselves are not sin per se, but the affects can certainly be sinful. If we do start defining each other by our sinful behavior, you see. So, <clears throat> y'all, 
can the question before us is can we build a fellowship that ex accepts it's very you would say something 180 degrees different if you said that accepts each other on the basis of our weakness that accepts each other on the basis of weakness can we do that and i don't mean for you to answer that i want that question to haunt us can we build that that fellowship paul says he seems to indicate that we can um i want to see that I, so we got to answer that question can we do that can we do that uh, let's pray and then just stay around and pray for one another around tables okay lord if if you're not going to help us we can't do this but at least let us have the beginning of a dream of what this could be like if we accept each other's weakness in Christ's name amen